Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is Monday, November 29th, 2021, and you're listening to episode 125 of the Can I Say Something podcast. Your host and a recluse with a juicy caboose, Damien. Joining me today is my beautiful boy, Gage. And a very special guest. You've done 125 of these? <laughs> today on the show, we've been discussing with spoilers <laughs> for everything always. More discussions about the best show on television today, Succession, and many, many more reviews of the most anticipated films of 2021. Right into the show, bicycle.gmail.com, bicycle on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, tell a friend, family member, a stranger. What's up, guys? How we doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Fantastic. And how you doing over there, buddy? <laughs> Answer right, his question. Right. We've done 125 of these. Done 125. Yep. Century has, and a quarter. Has Deej been a part of every one of them? Basically, know yes. It, bud. That you is know commitment. It. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I've been a part of every single one. I think uh, um, he, he had a buddy for maybe two of them. No, oh, no. Yeah. On his, I'm, not, I'm not actually sure of the technicality. Were they on his brand or were they on your brand? I can't remember. No, we did a couple. I did a couple of, can I say something, with him on here, with guest spots. So there was a couple, okay. technically, in the canonical, canonical, you know, lineage of, can I, can I say something, that you were not a part of. So yeah, there. I'll take it. Yeah. But there was a couple of mini-sodes I did where I had like 15 films I wanted to talk about, and that's not a thing people want to sit and listen to for half an hour. Yeah, so. speak for yourself, dude. I always found those to be a treat. Well, you use you, there a treat for you to listen afterwards. What I'm saying for you to sit there alive while I'm speaking to you is not a great is not a thing you want to be doing, right? Uh, I'll answer for him. You are correct. <laughs> well, he was saying he was saying when I was talking about putting in like we we did an episode where I inserted about 25 minutes of me talking about movies, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm more I'm more engaged in what you're saying when I'm listening the next day when it's released as a podcast as opposed to being yes. there live." Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, a contributing factor to that too was I drank a lot in the earlier episodes, yeah. so it was hard for me to yeah. stay focused. Yeah, yes, <laughs> indeed, <laughs> absolutely. Andy, how you been, buddy? What you've been watching? Tell me, tell me one thing. What's the best thing you've watched in the eighteen months since you've been on the show? Oh man! All right. Well, I'm going to have a little bit of recency bias here, and I'm going to sure. go with the new Brian Regan stand up. Okay. Better than, that. It's better on, than it's Chappelle's or worse than or <laughs> better than Chappelle's. Yes. It's better? Better? You said better. It's definitely 100% better. 100% okay. better. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 <clears throat> yeah. That's Does he have callbacks? Family, family friendly, social justice uh, approved, social justice warrior approved. Hey, okay, all right. <laughs> yep. Does he do callbacks Not to a old jokes? single offensive thing. How many times does he come uh, out and say, cup of dirt? I'm. 
we actually listened to that right before we watched it. So <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. But he he does. You know his mannerisms and his his uh, you know his voices and all that. It's all yeah. it's all a throwback to his own. You know how he does things. Very nice. It's, Very it's, nice. it's funny Very that you nice. took Anything that else? approach. You listen to it first, and then you listen to the new stuff after. You would imagine you'd reverse that around in case that sucked, and then you're like, "Oh, I got to go back and watch the good stuff." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flush well, that. my wife wanted. We were my my brother and I were talking about some of the old stuff, and and Ilgum was not uh, as familiar with it as we were, so she wanted to hear that first. Mm. And it's just as funny as it was the first two hundred times. Hell yeah. I gotta go back Absolutely. and listen to that with Carrie sometime because she remembers him too. I gotta kick out of that Pop Tart thing. Uh, put take package out or take Pop Tart out of package. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I see where you're going with this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, fucking classic. Yep. Anything else that's been getting your ah, getting your sure, loins sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we just finished the latest season of a show called You. On Me? Netflix, what? it's a, kind of a crime drama thriller. That's that's it's kind of just like so over the top. It's comedy too. Um, yeah. I guess kind of in the vein of like a Dexter that I never actually watched. So that's a blind comparison. But uh, it's really good. Lots of lots of plot twists. Uh, it's really you know dark, like so dark. It's funny. Very nice. Yeah, good show. Would would Very recommend. Very cool. Nice. Uh, so let me ask you this: You are you were caught up to the MCU, right? You're uh, you're MCU um, adjacent. You're like, eh, I'll check this out, I guess, or whatever. I'll see them in my own time. Yeah, right? I. That's right. That's right. Yep, you're casual. Uh, so up until Shang Chi and what's the what did you watch? Did you watch Loki? We watched Loki. I have not uh, watched the latest one, uh, the Hawkeye. I have not watched Hawkeye yet. Actually, okay. I haven't seen Black Widow either. Because it was gotcha. thirty dollars. Yes, it was. Uh, well, like, it's free now. I'm a casual. It's free now. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll check that out. Yeah. Not not free. one of my favorites. Yeah, not one of my favorites. Probably lesser MCU. Probably put that in the bottom third of the MCU so far for me. But mm-hmm. yeah, Loki was excellent. Loki was Loki excellent. was my favorite of the Phase Four. So they're just for the casuals out there. Not not Andy, but for the casuals out there. No, no, uh, not me. They, no, no, no. Uh, they did three phases uh, so far. It ended with Endgame. Endgame ended the third phase, and now they're moving on to the fourth phase. And of the stuff that they've done in the fourth phase, the Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, uh, I think Strange Sheet counts as that. I think uh, Hawkeye is, is, is that too. Everything everything now that's going on now is phase four. All Of all of, all of that... Um, of all the shows, I liked Loki the most of the shows. I really like Shane Chi. Um, gonna say about Loki, yeah, it was the most. It was the most different, right? It felt like it was pushing the thing forward of you know doing the whole uh, multiverse thing. The multiverse is gonna be a thing. You're gonna hate that because there's gonna be so many Spider Mans and so many <laughs> Doctor Stranges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, hold on, hold on. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm I am not prepared. What is this? Who is this? I thought Andrew Garfield yeah. died in the last one. I thought I thought Tobey Maguire got fat. He's so old. Blah blah blah. This sort of thing, right? Oh you're no! Not, wait, not, is Tobey Maguire? Tobey Maguire's not Spider Man again, right? Well, hey, Spider Man well. again. <laughs> so what? you know how I'm you know already how, confused. What? You got to be you the how, last person in the world to be surprised by this now. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think everybody knows that now. 
So it's the worst kept secret. There's another in Tobey the, Maguire Spider-Man in the upcoming Spider-Man. Um, what's the one? No Way Home is coming out December 16th. They're going to have uh, Doctor Strange is going to do a spell, and Spider-Man, Tom Holland, Spider-Man is in this right at the beginning. They've only shown him so far. He goes to Doctor Strange like, no, no, no. I want everyone to remember. I want everyone to forget that I am Peter Parker, except for Mary Jane, except for Aunt May. And Doctor Strange is like, that can't happen. That can't happen. And blah blah blah. So he messes up the spell. They open up a a portal to the. Uh, other universes, right? So other universe, other people start coming through. That's why you see uh, Doc Ock, and that's why you see um, uh, not Hobgoblin, Green Goblins in there from Green Goblin and uh, Doc Ock from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. So it's it's uh, suspected, suspected, and almost almost assuredly going to include uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man in there as well as his villains. Yeah, because they had two trailers for the Spider-Man that came out, and it was uh. You had Doc Ock come up, and he was like, hello, Peter. And everyone's like, oh, he said the thing. He said the thing. And then in the <laughs> next trailer, he's like, wait, you're not Peter. So yeah. implying that there will be that Peter at some point since there is yes. that Ock. And he is. Well, since this is all just speculation, I am here for to be pleasantly surprised that it is not Tobey Maguire. <laughs> because or Andrew fuck Garfield. that guy. I don't know fuck. why I hate him. Wow. I fucking hate okay. that guy. All right. Uh, are you rooting for the annoying. Andrew Garfield one? I don't even know who that is. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's in a new film Fuck called that Tick, guy Tick, too. He's the in a new, new film kid. called The New Kids Tick, 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 Are. I like him. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So they're gonna include all of the past uh, Spider Mans in there, sort of like. But you enjoyed the thing uh, into the Spider Verse, correct? I did. I did. Yeah. I, was I don't remember did. it right now, but I liked it. Yeah. Right. So this should be right up your alley then. Cool. Cool. Yes. <laughs> cool and cool and amazing. Yeah. So just talking about MCU stuff, I guess let's I'll get started with my stuff. Uh do a couple here. I won't do the whole list. I won't bore you to death. I just put Andrew Garfield into our Discord chat there, so you can check that out if you want. It's a good looking man. Good looking oh, chat. Oh, he's here? Yes. <laughs> Welcome. Special guest. Wait, he was a Spider Man? No, 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 no. He, he was like one of the, the one of the villains, right? He was nah, Spider Man. He, he, he was, was he was Peter Parker in Amazing Spider Man Part One. And Amazing Spider-Man Part 2 was not a trilogy. He didn't finish the trilogy. He only did two parts. Amazing Spider-Man Part 1 and Amazing Spider-Man Part 2, which would be interesting. I just want to put my nerd cap out there, put my nerd cap on. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see if, you know, he comes into this movie and it's like, I lost my Gwen Stacy, so therefore I'm going to help you not lose your Mary Jane. Yeah. I mean, think about what you just said. He didn't finish his trilogy, right? So yeah. this could be, imagine that swerve. He's yes. the main character because he saves the Mary Jane. This is his story. This is his trilogy. This is the third yes. Andrew Garfield movie. Yeah, well, blew your mind right there, it. didn't I? Think about He's it. Sharing it. <laughs> sharing it. <laughs> uh, speaking of MCU stuff, Shang Chi was very good. Shang Chi was very good. Uh, this did exactly what I was talking about with all of the TV shows, which I forgot to talk about when I was talking about the TV shows. They remember I said, just give me more stuff. Include everything. Include the MCU of it all in here. Like you're, you're, you're building all this stuff in the same world. And I understand you have to make the shows about the characters that you're introducing, but also bring in everybody else, bring in, uh, you know, Dr. Strange and WandaVision or whoever 
and, and bringing Cap in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, bringing those old guys to bridge the gap from the old to the new. And they did that just enough in Shang-Chi. Like all, literally all I wanted was like a five minute, you know, stinger at the end of, you know, Loki or uh, Cap, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Just five minutes, just a, you know, three minute scene, which is what they do at the end of Shang-Chi. Spoilers for Shang-Chi, the, the stinger of Shang-Chi for both of you and for everyone listening. La, 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 yeah. So you, at the end, you have... Uh, Wong and you have Captain Marvel, uh, just you know checking out uh, Shang Chi's uh, rings. He's the the Legend of the Ten Rings is the um, subtext for the movie Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So uh, spoiler alert: he wins. The good guy wins <laughs> in this movie, and they're back at the compound. And uh, Captain Marvel and Wong are looking at the devices, the rings. And they're like, I don't know. Is this is this Chitari tech? Is this sub? Is this is this uh? You know, Tony's tech is this Stark tech is this whatever tech we don't know, blah blah blah. And then they then they fuck off. It's just like that's all I wanted, you know, just a little sprinkling, just a little <laughs> little seasoning of the MCU sweet, old, sweet, old sweet guard taste. in here. Yeah, just a, just a sweet nice little, little taste morsel of it. on the tip of my tongue. Exactly, and they gave they they gave that to me. They gave that Get to you. me. And then just to conclude with the that's stingers, what they did. Yeah, go ahead. It's kind of what they did with one of the one of the Spider Mans where Iron Man uh, shows up and he's like, "Here's a suit for you." Well, that wasn't a stinger. Right. That that but that was that was phase three. Nice. I'm ta- no, but I'm saying like yeah, that, was, that. That was them cupping the balls and working the shaft. He just wanted like <laughs> to lick the tip. That's all. What? No. So I'm saying all right, right. now in phase four, they're bringing in new characters, <laughs> and I just want more of the old guard coming in and being like, "Yeah, I notice you. No, like notice me, senpai." I'm saying notice me, senpai, for the old people, for the old guard to come in and be like, "Yeah, we're still here." Like, uh, Dec- or, no, it wasn't Wong. I'm sorry, it wasn't Wong. It was. Uh, the Hulk. It was um, Bruce Banner. It was Bruce Banner at the Bruce. end of Shang-Chi. Bruce. They don't even Bruce. look alike, bro. <laughs> well, I was thinking Shang-Chi. I was thinking Asian people. Leave me alone. Uh, it was Bruce was and- it, Was uh, it Professor Hulk? Is that the, the next thing you're going to tell me? It, it, it wasn't was actually regular Bruce. Man. It Professor Hulk. It was, it, was, it was Bruce. It was regular man, uh, Bruce Banner. <laughs> no Professor, no Hulk at all, which was interesting. Okay. But um, no, Andy, you were saying it was, you know, Tony. they put Tony Stark in- uh, Homecoming, which was, you know, that was that was phase three. That was all phase three people being in phase three stuff. Now we're in phase four, I and I just want, you know, the the phase three people and people from the last phases to come in and be like, yeah, we're here. We see you. And we're going to help you. You are like, that's literally what, um, what Bruce said. You know, this is a, this is a new chapter in your life. Welcome to the fold. Welcome to all this new stuff. I just want them, all the old people, the old guard coming in and be like, welcome. Welcome to the fucking Avengers. <laughs> that's all I we want. We accept yeah. you. We accept you, sure, yes, that. So, Shang Chi cool. is very, very That's good. Cool, one man. of my favorites. One of my favorites of the Phase Four. One of my favorite MCU movies so far. I would actually put in the top ten Why MCU not? stuff. Yeah, I would put in the top ten wow. MCU stuff. Very so I good. assume there are Shang Chi comics. Yeah, he's a. He was one of the be, yeah. oldest characters. Yeah, I think he was one of the oh, one of the original uh, Avengers. Actually, let me look it up. Because you may be surprised here. I've never heard of him. Yeah, there's. I yeah, phase also four. hadn't heard of him. Yet, so Phase okay. Four. We're we're gonna be almost at I equal footing. I thought they started just making shit up to keep no. this shit going. No, That's how I felt about it. I'm yeah. glad I heard it's good, and Very I'll good. watch it. Um, I was gonna say we're on we're gonna be on equal footing here pretty soon because with the again I don't know if you listen to the Eternals thing I talked about, but Eternals, Shang Chi. Um, a lot of these characters that they're putting forward now are very unfamiliar to me. So we're actually gonna be on equal footing in terms of being uh, familiar with these guys. Going forward. Right. Oh, okay, okay. I'll take. Yeah. I'll take that. So, hey, David, I heard someone last night said the Eternals was a great movie. 
Well, they have the right to say that. This is America. You can say what you okay. want. Okay. Okay, that's <laughs> America. I just wanted to see, you know, if it was going to give you a stroke yeah. or not. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't need to open that old wound. We don't need to relitigate that. So, thank you. The, I don't think I've heard anybody say that was a great movie. <laughs> I haven't false, watched it. False news, fake news. Uh, so just to <laughs> co- just to uh, put the cover on the Shang Chi stuff. Shang Chi first appeared in Special Marvel Edition number fifteen in December of nineteen seventy three. So he is an extremely old character. So there. You go. Mm. Yep. One of the originals. I, mean, I think nineteen seventy three though, relative to a lot of these other characters, I bet that's not that old. Well, see, the thing is with the Marvel, Marvel is relatively new when you're talking about comic books and stuff like that. DC was the original. Uh, basically Teach the me, ori- Daddy. <laughs> sure. DC was the original uh, comic book, superhero comic book. Uh, was it Superman and Batman debuted in the early 30s? And then the uh, Marvel didn't actually start up until the mid-60s with Stan Lee. So in terms of, you know, the history of comic books in general, Marvel is one of the newest, one of the newest big ones out there. Hmm. Huh. How about that? The newer, newer. Huh? I said, how about that? How about that? Exactly. Uh, a couple more things. Let you talk. Let me let you let me hear. <laughs> let me talk about before you <laughs> skedaddle or whatever. Uh, Pig is very good. Pig is a movie starring Mr. Uh, Nicholas Cage. And I know what you're thinking. But Nicholas Cage, you no, get out of here with that. But he's actually very good in this. He's very subdued. He doesn't he doesn't go off like he does like in uh, Mandy. Mandy was full. Full Nicolas Cage, full him, just screaming in his underwear, covered in blood. I, I would highly recommend that movie as well. But this is much more subdued. This is much. This is like people thought it was gonna be like John Wick, like him just going in, busting head, looking for his pig. So uh, Nicolas Cage pl- plays a uh, just a old chef that got tired of the grind and went out and made just a cabin in the woods, and he's living there for ten years, um, living off of basically selling uh, truffles that his pig finds. For him, but then he sells the truffles to, you know, very avant-garde restaurants in the city. So he's been living that life for about 10, 15 years and somebody comes along and steals the pig and he has to go find it. And it's a really good, really, really good movie. Has Alex Wolf from Hereditary, the kid. Do you remember the guy in Hereditary that busts his nose on the the, uh, classroom desk and then he comes home? Afterwards, he's the guy, he's the guy that drives the car when the girl, when his sister's head gets. Yeah, the, the brother. The brother, yes, exactly. So he's very good in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll recommend that one. It's very good. Called yeah, he, he does a he does a good terrified face. He does a very good terrified face. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, I would recommend watching King Richard. King Richard is the uh, movie about Serena and Venus Williams about their up up upbringing and where they came from and all that stuff. But it's, I would say there's more about. Uh, Richard Williams, their father, and just everything he went through mm. to uh, make them what they were. Um, it's very interesting because you think about, you know, the um, the the path that, that athletes go on now or have been going on for a long time, where it's just like you will train all the time and you will be the best athlete from, you know, whatever, age eight or nine or whatever. <laughs> your whole life's going to be tennis or your whole life's going to be football. Your whole life's going to be whatever. And he took them on. He, he saw that and was like, no, fuck that. <laughs> These people burn out. These kids burn out and, and just either get into drugs or they're just physically burnt out or physically you know, fucked up for the rest of their lives. And he's like, no, we're going to take this slow. And he basically um, <clears throat> found this uh, tennis camp uh, run by Rick Mackey, played by John Berthall. Very good John Berthall in this. Not a lot of, uh, actually, actually zero errors in this movie. So Obligatory. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Richard Williams brings his kids to his camp and basically they train all the time, but also they go to school and they have, uh, you know, study and they have, they have, I think they had a job or something, but it's, you know, they, he wanted them to live a normal life as kids and not make tennis their whole life. So that was, that was interesting. Um, sort of path that he took them down. Huh? And to be so dominant, you know, grow up, be so dominant, win so many grand slams where like tennis is basically their fucking life <laughs> and to make yes, there's yes. so many other avenues for them to have that life it's crazy exactly exactly yeah that was exactly right yep so that was nice of him to do that people like uh agassi he said that his father duct taped uh tennis rackets to his hands <laughs> i've heard that yeah i have heard that yeah. it's fucked up pretty wild uh very good i think it, i think it might be free on hbo max if you have that so how they recommend king richard you do have that yep i'll have to watch it yeah, I'll have to watch you it. You really should. Um, Free Guy. Have you seen Free Guy? Have you guys seen Free Guy? The the guy that's free? I have not. No. Yeah, not great. Not great. It's very insulting to gamers. It's like, bro, you made a movie based on video games and video game culture and you targeted it towards gamers and you're still making that hacky, hackney fucking 30-year-old joke about them living in the basement of their mom's house. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Do you want people that play video games to watch this movie or not? Like, what are you fucking doing? You're punching down on people that are going to see your movie. That's not smart or great, you know? Uh, literally making a joke about mm-hmm. a guy in the in his room when he's like, he's like, Ma, stop fucking vacuuming. I'm doing a thing here. Stop, Ma. He's like, you just sit here and play video games all day. You should get a job. Fuck, the fuck, what, are you, what are you doing? Literally, what are you doing? For, terrible I'll, jokes. I'll, yeah, go yeah, ahead. It's 2021. Was, Come on. Yeah, I was carpooling to a, uh, a tennis match and... um uh, the, all all the people in the car were older than me, and uh, per, the oldest woman in the car, like uh, the driver, he was talking about how his kids, uh, he he has to monitor their screen time and everything like that. You know, wishful thinking, honestly. Uh, but he's just like, I don't want my kid to get like too too much into games. You know, where it's distracting. You know, I want him to get outside. I'm like, well, yeah, that's what every parent wants. But then, like the the woman next to him, the old the 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 one that you would assume probably would be the most like, oh yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, games are corrupting. She's like, oh, really? She's like, I, I know a lot of, you talking like the esports? I have like a bunch of friends who make good, good money playing esports. And you're just like, well, you know, you started backpedaling like it's a good thing. But it was like, I was like, yeah, I'm like, look at this. Like, I wasn't expecting that yeah. argument out of you. Good for you. A plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, th- there's people in this movie that are very, very funny and they're given lines that are just terrible. Like you have Ryan Reynolds, one of the funniest people in the world. Lil, Lil Rel Howery was in Get Out. He's a very funny guy. Uh, Jodie Cormer is a fantastic actress from uh, Killing Eve. Love her. Uh, Joe Carey from uh, Stranger Things is in this. He's like the, uh, the older older kid in, in uh, Stranger Things. Uh, Chinny Tatum is in this. I feel like he did some improv stuff. And, but, and because of that, he was probably the, the funnest guy, funniest guy in this movie. Uh, Taika Waititi is an incredible fucking comedian. He's so fucking funny. Everything I've seen him in. And obviously he did uh, Thor Ragnarok, which is one of the best MCU movies. These All these people are fucking hamstrung with this terrible dialogue and this terrible writing. This fucking movie was just not fun at all. <laughs> so Damn. bad. So, so bad. Yeah. The, the writer of this movie... Uh, the, one of the reasons it's probably so bad is the writer of this movie also wrote some of the worst uh, superhero movies in the past 10 years. He wrote Elektra. He wrote X-Men 2, uh, X-Men United. He wrote the third X-Men movie. He wrote Ready, Play- Ready, Ready Player One, which I haven't seen, but I heard it was terrible. So you just have all this bad DNA, all this <laughs> bad yeah, that's DNA not a good resume. through this. No. I didn't no. hate Ready Player One, but those X-Men movies were fucking awful. Some yeah. of them. The first one, Looking I think back the first on one them. holds up. Yeah. I think the first one holds up, but yeah, the second 
was okay. Third, terrible. And it's so weird that like the uh, the third of them was always terrible. That the first the first one they did X Men Three X Men United was terrible. Then they did uh, X Men Apocalypse. The one did you see? Uh, what was it X Men? First class, where they had Michael Fassbender and all the youngins. Yep. It took place in the '60s. That was very good, but then the third one was terrible. So you know, it doesn't it does not bode well? <laughs> Again, like Spider-Man Three, the first one with, with uh, Tobey Maguire, not great. So uh, it doesn't really bode well for you know uh, No Way Home because this is this is Tom Holland's third one too. Don't so. you talk like that? Let's let's hope he breaks the streak. <laughs> let's hope he breaks it. Oh. Also, you guys might be interested to know, I saw Quiet Place Part 2. Part 2. Uh, you both are fathers. You both have kids. With more quiet. <laughs> you both have young kids and you both um, cringe at kids in danger, correct? I yes. do. I don't know about Andy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say I do. Yeah. Okay. This has, <laughs> this has probably the most kid in danger thing I've seen in a very long time. Uh, like a 10-year-old. Really? More probably. than the last one? Well, I mean, the kid died in the last one, so that uh, you can't go past that dying, <laughs> being killed off. But yeah, yeah, it gets it gets pretty, <laughs> um, yeah, scary. You you are you are you think that I saw a baby might die, and and like a ten year old might die in this movie. So really good action. I really like um, the like the action cinematography. The action uh, set pieces are very good in this. They're filmed very well. So you can so you actually see everything and see everything going on. Uh, what is his name? The guy from. Everything pulled up here. Let's see. Quiet Place for Two. We got Emily Blunt's very good. Uh, the kids are very good in this. Some of the best kid acting I've seen. You got Cillian Murphy in this. I love him and all his stuff. Uh, guy from 20, 28 Days Later or 28 Weeks Later, I believe. Okay. One of them. Yep. Oh. You got Scoot McNary. Yeah, so when you say that the kid's yeah. in danger, is it like, yeah. you know, walk at the back of the line danger? Or is it like, uh, you got guard <laughs> duty tonight. Here's a tool gauge. Um... Do you want me to tell you what happened? Like, not, not, not what happens happens, but what the, the yeah. situation. I mean, I'm in. not gonna watch it honestly because I, okay. I, I didn't really, I, I wasn't taking the first one anyways. So for you know I those already, so you saw it already. Okay, cool. okay, so you yeah, know that the kid basically was he's like 10 years old, maybe 11 years old. The one that's in the yeah. he's in that uh, container, whatever he's in, right? Yeah, he's in like a like a it's almost like a furnace that he furnace, closes yeah. the, the door on. Yeah. And the furnace, you, I think the guy, Celine Murphy, was doing like uh, – he was timing it to see how long they had in there. And he had opened the door every like 30 seconds or whatever. So they wouldn't fucking die. And so the, the – what is it? The lock gets, gets gets whatever. And they, they're sitting in there. And the kid can't get out. And the baby's in there with him. So like you got a 10-year-old and a fucking baby like on the, on the verge of dying <laughs> in a fucking furnace that's slowly run out, running out of oxygen. So I can see how that would be uh, pretty terrifying for, for – yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. That, that That's, fucking, uh, you know, that kid though. <laughs> that kid like, though. The 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 ten ish, ten eleven year old kid. Like, yeah. come on, dude. He made some pretty fucking stupid, stupid mistakes. Like, I feel you've like living, you that you've a been lot. living this. You've been living this for like three or four years now. You've grown up with this. You should know how this goes by now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Listen, even like, even in the first one, there were like parts in it where I was kind of like, okay, I mean, why did you make that decision out of all the decisions you could have made? That's like the worst decision you could have made. Remember, right. you, you ever see that commercial where they're like, I don't know, it was like a phone commercial, and they're they're running like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and they're like, let's just get in the movie or the running cars. <laughs> like, no, let's go hide behind the chainsaws. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. But the thing you just said, like that, that sort of like a, that's a, that's a, uh, grinds my gears when people say the 10 year old made a bad decision. What are you talking about? He's fucking 10 years yeah. old. Yeah, Get the well, fuck yeah, out yeah, of here. you know that's that's the thing too. Like one of the, the takeaways from know, Quiet Place is there's bad parenting. <laughs> Why did they have a kid? Sure. <laughs> what the fuck were but they yeah, thinking? Dude, that, exactly. Like, like oh, you're we got post-apocalyptic <laughs> America, and you're deciding to have children. Oh, yeah, mean, this baby's you, not going to cry ever. That's enough. You don't you can, need a third. Yeah, but yeah. you can make the Unreal. case now. You can make the case now. The world literally on fire. It's like 10 degrees hotter every year. Why are you having kids now, <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. That, that's You're fair. Yeah. I stopped. Hey, man, I stopped. <laughs> I, I also stopped. I stopped you after hey. one. What you guys? Stopped after one. Yeah. Uh, have you guys seen <laughs> Raya and the Last Dragon? I did see that. We watched that the other night with, with our daughter. Yeah. Nice. What'd you think? I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. My daughter enjoyed it more than me. Um, That's not the one with the the bike race, is it? No, that was really good too, though. What was that one? Luca. Luca, yeah, Luca. Luca Yeah, okay. Luca was really good. I I really enjoyed Luca. Yeah. Uh, Ryan the Last Dragon was not as good as that, but it it was still pretty good. Yeah. That's That's my assessment. Good. <laughs> yeah i understand it's like a kids movie but i feel like the messaging was very heavy-handed like with luca like you said it's, it's not as good as luca and i agree with you because luca's whatever its messaging was i feel like wasn't heavy-handed also let me just mention this real quick dan was saying when he, when he was talking about luca i think he might have seen it, seen it re- recently or something and he was saying how you know people are saying oh they're gay kids are gay for each other no i don't agree with that i think the messaging was you know like like People like queer people or like people of color, they're on the outskirts of society. They're marginalized people. And he was that. Like, like you know, literally when you talk about, you know, monster people or people that don't look like you, that's what that messaging was of him go, having to go back in the water and not letting people see him, see the real him. That's that's all that was. That wasn't – they weren't literally saying these two specific kids were, were gay. They're just saying that that was the analogy they were making. That was the allegory. Of when Jesus, you other- yeah, mm. I did not pick up on that analogy at all. <laughs> I, I was just like, "Well, they're monsters and they're not accepted by society." I didn't, I didn't pick up on the potential well, yeah. uh, homophobic analograms. Yeah, no, no, I, mean, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't buying into it or anything. I mean, it was definitely like you know, the uh, the older kid that was on land has abandonment issues because his father disappeared on him, and the other one is you know, right. it's like Damien just said so, and, and they're just yeah, bros, yeah. bro. Like they're just being yeah. bros. They're just bros. That's that's where I was at. But I mean, also what Damien was just saying, I could now that you mention it. It's like that's like reading those books in high school when your teacher's like, "What do you think the symbolism is?" Okay. Yeah, I just thought they. I just thought it was a dude that <laughs> hugged a rat too hard. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Sometimes it's a penis. Yeah, you, you don't know. Are these are these guys are these guys doing squats or are they having gay sex? <laughs> okay, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I think that's about all I've seen. Wheel of Time is very good. I'll just mention that real quick. Wheel of Time is very good. I've read all, I've read five of the books, five of the 13 books of Wheel of Time so far. So I'm very much you caught off. to them? Jeez. Listen, buddy. Listen. I absorb them. <laughs> I'm just they're in, they're- fucking got them. It never gets old. Just keep punching <laughs> them when he tries to stand up. <laughs> they're, they're in my brain. I absorb them. I got, I got the messaging. I understand what's going on. I don't need to have my eyes down looking at a thing. I could literally be a productive member <laughs> of society been, while reading these I've books. I've been reading physical copies of books. 
Yeah, what? what was your read? I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm better than you, but I mean, I, I mean, have been actually what you're reading. trying to do. That's what you're trying to do. <sighs> What'd you been reading? I reread uh, Ender's Game. Ah, you mentioned that. And I, I looked. Yeah, and I looked into it, and I'm like, and he's still been writing books. At, at some point, I just figured he stopped, but he hasn't, and he just put out a book last year. And I'm like 12 books behind, so I'm back on that wagon. And he actually he wrote three more books after Ender's Game, but he, he kind of had it branch off into a like, uh, like side quest basically. So you could continue the main story, or you could follow this other character named Bean, and that's what I did because his story was pretty awesome. But then, like, he made these three books. And then he was just like, you know what? I'm going to make a direct sequel to Ender's Game. So it's like this one that's like got written after all that stuff and got placed in the middle. And he even changed like the ending of it to correlate to the new book. So it's, he's just all over the place. And then he went into the wars later on. One of the books that just came out in 2021, it, it covers uh, one set of the wars. It's a trilogy of that. So I'm excited because it got really good reviews, and uh, that was a that was a series I really liked. Yeah, very cool. So, you still, are you are you said you're, yeah. you're rereading them or you're reading new ones? I'm reading the new one now. It's uh, Ender in oh. Exile. That's gotcha. the direct sequel to Endgame or Ender's Game. Wow, very nice. Carrie wants there. me to read Dune so she can talk to me about it, but yeah. now that I found these, I'm, it's, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, yeah. Just just you know, download the uh, Audible thing and then put it on two times speed, and you'll be good. Because <laughs> this, was, I found out. I was like thinking to myself, well, I'm like, maybe it's maybe it's me. I can't read things anymore. I I can't focus. Like Dune was really frustrating me because of the way they have all those long ass names and just the way they yeah. they say stuff like frustrated me. But and then I went back to Ender's Game and everything's like basic. You know, like the main characters. Uh, one of them's name is Valentine. The other one's Peter. Uh, Ender. You know, uh, Colonel Graf. Like all that stuff is easy to say. So my I'm not getting frustrated, and I just blew through like 350 pages in like three days so i'm like i can still read that's good <laughs> you're like, Thor, <laughs> like Thor i can't Endgame. read like that's crazy ass names. 13 and all the apostrophe names and yeah. countries and it's like i just can't keep up with all this shit how do you even pronounce that it, it's funny because i i, I okay. uh i looked on spotify i was just looking for like you know we talked about Driz Dorden. I see that's a, there's a lot Drizzt, of parentheses, Drizzt, yeah. commas in that shit. Yeah. But uh, the Dark Elf, basically. And uh, I've been listening to an audiobook of it and hearing him say the names of all these Dark Elves. Oh, jeez. My kid just gave me a heart attack. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hold on one second. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of books I've read or listened to, I listened to. All right. I admit it. I listened to it. Uh, Termination Shock uh, by Neil. Neil Neil Stevenson, he's one of my favorite sci-fi writers working today. He wrote um, Seven Eves about the moon exploding and people having to go off-world to continue living, to, to continue humanity. That was very good. Wrote a book called Reem D about a uh, guy who made uh, all his money off of an MMO and his daughter or his niece gets kidnapped by uh, Russian mobsters and Islamic terrorists. And it's fucking crazy, crazy book. Um, he wrote this new one, Termination Shock. Let me get the uh, summary here because it's it's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this yeah. thing. From Neil Stevenson comes a sweeping, prescient new thriller that transports listeners to a near-future world in which the greenhouse effect has inexorably resulted in a world whirling dervish troposphere of superstorms, rising sea levels, global flooding, 
merciless heat waves and frog, virulent, virulent, deadly pandemics. So he's dropping a lot of like stuff that's going on right now. And I think you should mm-hmm. not do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't drop COVID-19. Don't, don't, do that. don't, don't do that. No, because you go, you go, you watch movies and you read books and you watch TV it's shows. It's like pandering, isn't it? Well, it's not just, it's not pandering, but it's like, I'm reading shit to escape. It's escape, escapism. You read fantasy and you read True. Uh, fiction to get away from the real world. And if you're dropping shit that's happening in the real world right now, you're just giving me more anxiety that I need right now, really. Um, so there's all that stuff in there, global warming, um, you know, <laughs> right wing yeah. fanaticism. That's kind of how I felt when I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first couple seasons of Handmaid's Tale. But, but yeah. yeah, that's kind of the vibes I had like right after you know Trump was elected and then you're you're watching handmaid's tale with this post-apocalyptic uh, i guess it wasn't i guess not really post-apocalyptic but yeah you know now the now times dystopian near shit near, near going future. on it's the word you're looking for dystopian that's dystopian, the word yeah yeah, but yeah, yeah and like, they, they i do. really enjoyed it while i was watching it but i was also like this is not a fucking I'm not that big of a stretch right now yeah, when you have people passing laws to admit to give people ten thousand dollars to, you know, uh, narc on people trying to get abortions in Texas, that's not near future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not right. fiction. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Uh, speaking of books, I also listened to Kitchen Confidential uh, for the first time. Uh, this is Anthony Bourdain's book that he wrote back in two thousand before he did the TV show or any of that. Uh, it's one of the best books I've read in a very long time. Uh, he's, he's an, an incredible writer, incredible speaker. Um, just uh, a massive loss when he died in 2018. Yeah, he died in 2018. Um, suicide, I think he hung himself. So just a, just a massive loss, I think. So people like him, people that are curious and empathetic and want to share that empathy with the world is very, very rare. So it's, uh, you know the world is much worse off without him. I also went back and watched more uh, some of the – uh, unknown parts unknown that I haven't watched. I stopped watching. I think that when it went to CNN, uh, no reservations was on Travel Channel. I think so. I watched uh, the one from the Bronx was very good. He did one in Massachusetts. He went to Provincetown. I guess that's where he got to start out there, like literally on the Cape Provincetown. For those who don't know, it was like literally one of the last places you can go east <laughs> in the U.S. So he got to start out there, uh, cooking seafood and all that kind of stuff. Um, then he goes to Greenfield. Well, he didn't. He didn't go to Greenfield, but the show in the episode, he goes to Greenfield. This was in 2014, I want to say 2015. So he's talking to everybody out there about, you know, the opioid crisis and heroin epidemic, and talking to people that have, you know, the mill towns are all dead and all that kind of stuff that we know very well about. And so, uh, you know, it was very good. He went to Shelburne Falls too and talked to a chef out there that's working in a diner. Uh, really, really good episode. And then the Hanoi episode where <clears throat> I think he filmed it in 2016. And while he was out there, he talked to Obama. President Obama was there, uh, I think, while he was there filming. And so they sat down and talked in a in a diner, in a uh, diner in Vietnam, in Hanoi, which is very cool. So very, very cool guy. I would highly recommend Kitchen Confidential, uh, one of the best books I've read in a very long time. Well, there's that. That's all i got to say about that. Nice. Sure. You guys ever watch uh, that stuff? No reservations, parts unknown, any of that stuff? Yeah, I've I've seen uh, quite a bit of it intermittently. Yeah, um, yeah I've always always appreciated his work, but I'm not going to read his book. Yeah, uh, then what? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I also started uh, Tom Vitale's book, which uh, Tom Vitale was his producer and assistant while filming all the shows that they that they that they did. So it's a very interesting behind the scenes of all that. What what uh, you know, Anthony Bourdain was like as a boss. It's very uh, 
<laughs> it was very much like um what's his name gordon gordon ramsey very very yelly very uh oh, very awesome. rude to people yeah, yeah really? it's very, it's it uh, yeah it's interesting getting like the whole perspective of somebody you know you see them on tv and you see them give interviews but then you actually get a full picture of that person when somebody else talks about them so it, yeah yep. yeah it's not all it's not all uh what is it sunshine Sweet, rainbows spice and sweets or whatever it's not all it's not all hunky dory. Yeah. Sunshine and rainbows. That's that's a good yeah. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> uh, Deanna, have you did you listen to the uh, Always Sunny podcast? They have two two or three episodes out. I haven't yet. No, no. I've had the last uh, few days off, so I've been off since Wednesday. Yeah, me as well. I haven't listened to much podcasting. Yeah, and I've been it, training people on a job, so I can't listen to a podcast and train no. people. Can't be doing that. So it's yes. been a slow week for, or actually slow two weeks for a podcast. So yeah, so it's not great. Like I said, they do that thing. It's not. It's not. I think like I texted you in Office Ladies is too structured. It's too much like beat by beat. Here's everything that happened in the episode. Let's go through it all. There, you know, I think there's a middle ground between this and what they do, which is like, yeah, that started the show back. You know, 2003, we started, we did a, we did a pilot thing and it didn't take off. Then we just filmed the thing in a, in a bar in Philadelphia. Then FX picked it up and <laughs> it's just so funny that they were saying like Anheuser-Busch got wind of it, that they were making a, a show set in a bar. And they're like, yeah, we'll fucking sponsor this shit. Put our name everywhere. Uh, if you know, put our name, you know, all around the bar. Then the first episode airs and they call them back like, don't, do not take, take our name off this shit right now. <laughs> We don't want to be. We, we do not want to be associated with any of this. So they actually had to go in and digitally, digitally CGI out any any signs of Anheuser Bush anywhere in the bar, which is funny. <clears throat> with their garbage budget, I have to assume at the time. Yeah, yeah, they had no budget for that show. They were saying how no. you know it looks very good based on the fact that they weren't, they didn't really have a, a crew like they were the crew. Like they had friend, friends just volunteering to do the sound stuff and do the lighting and do all that stuff for them for the first season. So yeah, no budget, <laughs> literally no budget for that show. It's actually funny though. I, Cause I mean like, okay. Like, yeah, you look at that, that episode or like the gang gets racist. That's the title of that episode. And yeah, you're uh, I, I wonder if that's as far into it as they went or if they had somebody actually watch the show and be like, oh, you can't do this. No, because like, you know, it, it has this kind of charm to it. Like, you know, like South Park does where it's offensive, but at the same time, it's like speaking of, uh, kind of, there's like truth to it there. Or there's like, there sometimes they pit each other against each, like they'll split up. So it's like uh D and Dennis are one team. And then you got Charlie and Mac, they're the other ones and they have like these dialogues back and forths and it's just like they're they're basically just being both parties speaking you know their minds and it's it's fun to watch that unfold and i i feel like people just like oh we can't, you can't have that conversation at all like uh, i don't want to be associated with that so it, was, it sounds like a pretty weak move by anheuser bush but hey whatever they, they they make a lot of money so i can understand why yeah. they wouldn't want to be a part of that and at that point it's like season one not even season one is air. They're like, this is never going to go anywhere. We don't want to be part of this. <laughs> this this yeah, will never run too, for yeah. 15 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. 15 fucking years. That's crazy. Um, I was listening back to the episode. Where you great f- show. Very great show. I was listening back to the episode where I showed you that scene where, like, I think it's uh, like season 12 or 13 where <clears throat> Mac got ripped. <laughs> he was ripped that whole season. I think yeah. it was the season after he got fat. Then he got ripped and they were doing a like a ballet or something in, in, in rain. They're, they're all wet and it's like this 
black background yeah. and he's doing this crazy that ballet. Awesome. That was fucking sick. Yeah. So it's changed a lot in the last 15 years. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So I uh, love it. I love that he got yeah. Jack too, because he, he's just like, talk, he's like the whole one whole season. He's just talking about cultivating mass yeah. and he's just eating donuts and all this crap. He's eating donuts in a confessional booth. <laughs> <laughs> so to actually see him like get Jack, because that's, that's the thing. Like you got to, People have this misconception. Oh, you just got to eat more calories, eat more calories. And it's just like, okay, well, I'm just going to start eating all the cake I see in front of me. And that's what yeah. Mac was doing. But for him to actually get jacked in a later season is actually hilarious. Yeah. And no way does that actually work unless you are you have like the genes and metabolism of Greek gods. But no, that's why it's funny that it worked for him. No, I think, I mean, I mean, it is partly genes, but it's also, you know, you hire, you, you have a nutritionist and a dietitian on hand and a fitness instructor on hand, you know, force you to get up at 4 a.m. for six weeks to oh, get yeah, in sure. shape too. But I'm saying, I'm saying if you're looking at the perspective of Matt, Mac, just like, I'm cultivating oh. mass constantly for one whole season. And then the sure. next season, he's a Greek god. Like, sure, yeah. you're looking oh, at, you're, you're gotcha. not looking at how Rob, Rob Mac, Mac, uh, it McClaney? became jacked. You're looking at McClaney. how Mac. Yeah. Went from Fat Mac to Jack Mac. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying there. Yeah. Great show. So many episodes. <laughs> it's like one of those. Did you did Did you see the Ted Lasso where they talked about him and uh, Ryan Reynolds buying a club? And Higgins was like, I think I'm so. not entirely sure if that's a joke or not. <laughs> yeah, they did. I think Ryan Reynolds did did buy buy a team. But, yeah, Ryan Reynolds and yeah, Rob, no, him and Rob. Yeah, McElhaney. Yeah, I thought that was funny little Easter egg. Yes. 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 Uh, let me, I might as well fill out the rest of what I watched because I've, I didn't expect to go through everything while Andy was here, but I guess we did. Might as well. Yeah. Uh, The Green Knight is a new film, 2021 film. I think it was supposed to be out last year, uh, directed by David Lowry. He did A Ghost Story. He did Peach Dragon. He did, uh, Ain't Them Body Saints. Fantastic director. One of my favorite directors. Uh, this stars Dev Patel as Gawain. Apparently this is a very old poem or short story that was written like Back in the 1500s or something like that, about you know the the Arthurian legends stuff like that. Um, King Arthur is in this, so one of those stories. Um, very very good. Um, this is not a movie you want to watch before bed. This will put you to sleep. <laughs> it is filmed in oh, Ireland. It is, it is filmed in Ireland. Uh, incredible vistas, incredible uh, just landscape shots. The things I love, you know, I love the landscape shots. It looked incredible on my TV. But my God, this movie is lugubrious and slow and just moves at a pace that <laughs> you don't want to be. Apples rolling down hills. Apples rolling down hills. Exactly. The uh, Once Upon a Time in Anatolia. Anatolia. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly like that. So you were a fan Honestly, of that. So just thinking about it. Yeah, you were a fan of that. So you will love this movie. You will you will be over the moon about this movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Green yeah, Knight. Yeah. Very good. Definitely it, not a hard pass. <laughs> I think that's like one of those. I I, I was gonna buy or I was gonna rent one of those twenty dollar movies, and this is the one I picked. There's there's so many twenty dollar movies out right now. It's in, it's insane. I think uh, I think the next one I'm gonna watch is also that, but I watched this in theaters. Had a terrible theater going experience. My I don't know if the cinema gods are mad at me for something, but I've had I'm batting five hundred in terms of like good to bad movie experiences so far this year. Um, one movie I went, I walked like two miles to the local, my local cinema and during winter and they're like, yeah, sorry, that show that, uh, what was it? Last night. So sorry, speakers blew out. You have to come back tomorrow. Fuck you. And then something else happened. Oh, the guy was snoring behind me while watching internals the, the next day. So that wasn't great. <laughs> and then I went to see House of Gucci, directed by Ridley Scott, the 
lot of bad Italian accents in this film. Uh, so I went, I went and saw this, and the theater was packed. Gabagool. Gabagool. Nice. Give me some of that to Gabagool. <laughs> and uh, the theater was packed, so I had to pick like the top corner seat, which is usually not a bad thing. I usually like being a little nice and cozy in the, in the back corner of a theater, but apparently where I was sitting was right in front of uh, the, the railing for the stairs. When I was like directly, it was blocking like 10% of my vision throughout the entire movie and my seat didn't recline. So terrible, terrible experience that day. Fuck. No, man. It's terrible. It's the worst, worst problem anybody could have these days. Uh, So this movie (laughs) stars Miss Lady Gaga, uh, Dion and Carrie's favorite actor of all time, Adam Driver. Correct? Your favorite actor. <laughs> Al Pacino. He's, he's, yep. Yeah. Al Pacino is in this film. Jeremy Irons. You got Jared Leto. Unrecognizable Jared Leto. Let me uh, pull up a picture of Jared Leto in this film for Andy because I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen Jared Leto in this movie, Andy? No. Look like Dr. Phil. Yes, very much so. Andy, have you seen a picture of Jared Leto in House of Gucci? I have not. No. Okay. Well, you're about to. All you're right. about to experience the to greatness. It. Yep. Check that out. There it is. Oh, Ron Jeremy. <laughs> yes. Okay, I see that too. Sure. Little Ron Jeremy, little <laughs> Dr. Phil. This guy is going off. This guy is fucking just bonkers in this movie with this accent. He's like, oh, but daddy, I got this, the plans for this uh, designing. Look at the, the, the beautiful dresses and the suits that I be making. Uh, just throughout the entire movie. Just incredible. Like Geppetto and Pinocchio. Just Geppetto. Yeah, exactly. Just going off. Uh, there's a phrase called chewing scenery, which basically means you're you're just you're at a ten, you're at a ten all the time. <laughs> incredible, incredible movie. Chew, uh, chewing scenery. That's a the phrase. Chewing the scene. Yeah, chewing the scenery. Uh, let me see. TV tropes. <clears throat> a common term for a scene where an actor's acting is so damn hard that they're they're that they're picking bits of scenery out of their teeth for days. Um, <laughs> yes. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, he's just going off. Him, him, and Al Pacino were just blowing up. They're at they're at eleven throughout this entire movie, and it's amazing. Uh, the movie itself is is fine. It's a fine uh, you know story of basically what it is is you know the the Gucci brand is is going downhill. Uh, you got all these different brands coming up. Uh, Ralph Lauren, all of the, all of these new uh, designers are coming up. Uh, Tom Ford, things like that. Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. they're on the downslope. Exactly, yeah, that that thing. Um, so they're on the downslope in terms of being relevant in the in the fashion community. So his his son takes over takes over the empire after his father dies, and uh, his wife tries to basically run it herself, or you know, be the be that person, be the you know person behind the scenes running everything. When you think it's the guy, the, the, when you think it's going to be the son, and at a certain point, you know, he just has enough and just like you know, fuck off, fuck off, Lady Gaga. <laughs> this is my. This is my empire. You're just a. Uh, you're Fuck just a. Uh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, you get to get out of my face, huh? You're pissing me <laughs> off with your. Sha la 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 la. I hated that movie. Got out of my face, huh? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. I, I recommend this movie. This might be, and I'm teasing this right now, in my top five movies of 2021. Could be. It might be. Top five. Top you, five. Wait, you liked it? Everything I you liked said it. was positive? It sure was, buddy. It sure was. <laughs> I thought That's you were shit. I thought you were shitting on this movie. <laughs> oh, no, this movie's amazing. I love it. It's incredible. Oh, all right. So yeah. chewing the scenery is a good thing. 
in term in in uh, moderation. Like they do it all the time, but he's not part of like the main people in this movie are Lady Gaga and Adam Driver, and yep. the other people okay. are just supporting cast. So they just come in. They come in right. Like I said, like I keep saying, little seasoning of chewing the scenery is always good. It's always good to have a little all of right, that in your right, movie. All right, all right. And I believe that's about it. Ryan Last Dragon saw Tick, Tick, Boom as well. The new film on Netflix starring Andrew Garfield, the guy that does play. Uh, he's a good guy. Oh, is that he's, about saliva? Uh, not quite. Nope. That's, not, that's, not quite. That's, that's click, click. Oh, click, shit. Click, you're right. You fool. It. You fool. <laughs> this is directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame and uh, play fame, uh, Broadway fame. Um, this is his directorial debut. Uh, his uh, Andrew Garfield plays Jonathan Larson. Jonathan Larson was basically a guy in the late 80s, early 90s, just grinding, just trying to get this one play off the ground, um, you know, starving artist type of thing. And eh, it was fine. The song, a lot of the songs didn't do it for me. I think the I think the thing when you come away from a musical or a movie with a lot of, a lot of music in it, if you're going to go back and listen to the songs by themselves, separate from the movie, I think that's a good indication that the movie worked overall. I'm just not... I haven't listened to any of these songs after I watched the movie. None of them. None of them did anything for me. Um, there's a really good acapella song near the beginning called uh, Boho Suburbia or something like that. Bo- Boho something. Very good. Should definitely check that out. But uh, overall, not, not great. I think it's just goes over the same theme over and over again. I'm living in a squalor. I've got dishes in the sink and I got this guy here and I'm he's not working and writing songs about that. And it's just like I get it. I get it. You're a struggling artist. You've been trying for for eight years. Maybe I'm just I'm just putting this out there as a person who's never written anything. Maybe your stuff isn't very good if you've been struggling for eight years and and you know putting this stuff out there and and uh, saying, will you please you know finance my play? And people are like, no, I won't. <laughs> maybe it's bad. Maybe you're maybe you're writing bad songs. Sorry, Jonathan Larson. Uh, he passed away in 1995. He wrote he wrote Rent, one of the biggest. Broadway hits of all time, and unfortunately, he didn't see it to fruition. He got he, he had a, I think, aneurysm, aortic aneurysm, uh, when he was thirty five. So, that's unfortunate. But uh, yeah, this movie did not do much for me overall. Bummer. Bummer. Come on, Pop, I just need a hundred million dollars to you know recoup some losses for my, <laughs> my failed play, yeah. like Connor, like Connor from Succession, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Did you Con Man? Did you finish season two of Con Succession? Head. Yeah, I did. I did. Woo! I finished that. What'd you think of the finale? I am. Uh, that was a. It was a. Yeah, I mean that whole episode kind of built to it. I, the yeah. whole season built to it. Yes. You know, the whole Kendall being a whip dog and shit like that. But like when they're talking about what head's gonna roll, Ken Ken's name was never mentioned once. So then it's just kind of like, all right. Yeah. And then like the dad's being a dick to him, and it's just like, I wasn't surprised that oh you're gonna take the fall, son. It's just like sure thing, pop. And then sorry. <laughs> so, yeah exactly my dad's a exactly bad so. man <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what was about exactly what'd you say oh uh, no uh andy do you want to stick around for this part of the podcast we're probably gonna be talking about a whole bunch of stuff that you haven't seen related, related to succession succession and french dispatch and many other things mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yes, i think yes. i will bow out all right uh all right. yeah you did good mate you did good mate did good thanks for having yes. me. I, uh, yep, thanks I look for the forward test. to uh, doing this again sometime. Sometime in the, the near future. future. Near, little, near future. Maybe a little best of episode. Best of episode. Ooh, come in. Come down I the like pipe. the way that come sounds. Come down the pipeline. January 7th, we'll be recording. So put that put that shit on your calendar. 
right. Friday, I'll January 7th. All right, buddy. <laughs> Look forward to it. All right. Have a wonderful evening. All right. Good night, y'all. Hey, bud. Bye. Okay. So, Succession Season 2. Yep. Boy. So, so the yeah. thing is... Let me let me just put this out there first. Like he is a whip dog, and the twist you sort of, you said you saw it coming, but I feel like the the intention was for you to not see it coming with him being that whip dog, being that sourpuss, you know, the sad boy throughout the entire season. You know, they try to swerve, they try to do the anti swerve of being like, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna put himself out there, he's gonna you know put himself in handcuffs, put himself uh, for the letter of the law, but the law ask for the lawman to come and arrest him. <laughs> at that television conference but doesn't go that way let's put it out let's spell it out what exactly happened there at the conference yes yeah so when he sat down he basically just put them all well he, he started off slow he get he, you know he tickled the balls a little bit he was just like uh, i've been advised uh that being the the face the recognizable because he, he put the people on blast in the congress congressional hearing yeah so he's like uh i've been advised to take the full brunt of all of this, but, and then he dropped, and then there's like a pause and then he drops, but, and everyone's like, <gasps> and he's just like, my father is a bully and he's just like, and he has a history of paying people off and it's like, oh shit, dude, he's doing it. He's fucking doing it. <laughs> yep. About time. And he just gives him the whole, you know, uh, turning a blind eye, a history of bullying and, uh, he's got the papers. So it looked like, um, Greg was in on it too, huh? Because well, yeah. Greg had that envelope that he was talking about. Yeah, when I think was or it did. season was it all in season two or some in season one where Greg and Greg and uh, Tom are burning the papers and you see Greg put some of the papers in his back in his underwear or his back pocket yep. or something, right? So that's that's a tease yeah, there. Yeah. That's season two where they were having the 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 bonfire on the the balcony and then he had to go. Tom had to run aside for some matches. Yeah, and then he slips them in his butt pocket. Butt pocket, his his butt. But uh, he had that envelope. He had an envelope at the press conference, right? And, uh, so he, he must be in on it. I I have to assume. There's yeah. He's otherwise, in on there's it. no. I don't know how he would have got those documents. Otherwise, sure. And and there's there's little um, there's there's uh bread bread painting bread bread planting uh seed. <laughs> I can't think of anything. They're planting breadcrumbs. The s- Breadcrumbs are planting the seeds. They're planting the breadcrumbs along the way. I think it was late season one or early season two when Kendall says to Greg, I see you. I see you. There's these little moments between Greg and Kendall where you get the idea that, that Kendall has something percolating, something planned for them to. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the thing, too, because with Ken, it always seemed like he kind of functioned better. He's like a functioning alcoholic, except his alcohol is cocaine. And uh, so he, he'll take a bump and he'll be sitting there and he'll be like, I see you, I see you. And and, and you would take that as like the ramblings of a, a coked up uh, drug addict. Yeah. But in Kendall's case, while he does make bad decisions at times, um, he actually thinks a lot more clear and confidently when he's uh, all, all coked up. So to for him to be saying that, you're looking back on it, you're kind of like, oh, shit, he actually he did see him. He yes. did see him. He did see Bad him. Man. The mad the mad lad did the thing. Yes, exactly. So uh, I think I said And you know, I bet the whole thing wouldn't have even happened either. I was thinking about it. I, for a second he was like when when um when Logan was telling Ken that he was gonna take the fall. Yeah. There was this part where it was kinda like Ken was like, All right, yep, I deserve this. I deserve this. Yep. And then he was just like, 
He's like, no, no, not like that. He's like, I deserve this for the, the kid that died. Yeah. Uh, the accident. And he's like, no, no, not at all. And then he kept, he kept layering it on. Like he's a person that didn't matter or whatever they were calling those things. And, uh, he's like, you're not being punished for that. And then he asked him like, did you ever really consider me to run this company? And then he's just like, mm, you're not a killer son. And it was just like, okay, I, I know exactly how this is going to end now because yeah. you just told the man he's not a killer. He's going to fucking fry you when he gets up there. Yeah. Sure enough. I ask a question to you though. Sure. When the shareholder called Logan, right? Yeah. And he was saying that he was he wanted a head, and they were saying that they wanted it to be Logan's, and even Logan was batting that around. Yeah. Now I haven't watched any of season three. Yeah. Yet. Right. But do you feel in a way that maybe Logan said that to to Ken, like, I can't do this. I I can't step down on my own, or was he like basically just? Prove it. Prove to me that you you'll kill me, because they want my. He even volunteers had, and everybody's like, no, 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 it can't be you, it can't be you. And uh, he's like, fine, all right, we'll pick somebody else. <laughs> but then, like, he was telling Ken, he's like, it's gonna be you. You're not a killer. Just go out there and do 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 the job, basically. Yeah. Bury me softly, brother. <laughs> and then he gets out there, and he's like watching. He's watching his son do the the whole conference, and he's just kind of like sitting there, like it almost seemed like he was gonna smile at the end of it. He did, yeah. Like. Did it feel, did, yeah, did it feel like he was like, all right, he did it for me. Like, I wasn't going to do it for myself, which is kind of the theme. Like, it, it Logan keeps, like, getting to this point where he's like, all right, my daughter's going to take over. Nope. Okay, my oldest son. Nope. Nope. It's it's still me. I'm a raging narcissist. I can never back down. Like a, like a Vince McMahon. Like, I yeah. can't see anybody else running this company. Exactly. Screw exactly. my son-in-law. Screw my daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, to actually have, like, all right, they're going to have to oust me. And I'm going to do it on my terms. That almost felt like it was a plan from Logan. I don't know if that actually comes to fruition at the uh, <clears throat> any time in season three so far, but that's where I felt like did Ken get the upper hand, or yeah. was this still well, part of a master plan on Logan's yeah, part? Yeah, here's the thing: he uh, Logan's just playing mind games. That's all he's doing, right? Like you asked me, yeah, absolutely, everything he does. Weeks, yeah, two weeks ago, you were like, "Is he, you know, would he respect somebody to actually talk to him like a man, like like give him just as he as he's giving?" And I said at the time, like, no, he's just fucking with them. He doesn't want these guys to actually take over. He doesn't want anybody to give him lip. He doesn't want any any sort of opposition from anyone. He wants complete and complete and total loyalty to him forever. But like you said, like you see at the end of the season, one of the best moments of this series, and especially this this you know episode, very end is Logan just a little smile. So I think you're right that he is he put he pushes low. Uh, Kendall right to the breaking point and he's like fuck it you won't do it you're a pussy you're not a killer you will not do this I I believe you you have to fall you will fall on the sword and Kendall's like yeah absolutely I will and then when Kendall just turns around and fucks his father he's like good good play <laughs> good one boy yeah. finally or even if it, w- it wasn't even like a fucking your father kind of thing it was because like he's like telling Ken that he's like no you're, you're not a killer you're too soft you won't do this and then it seemed like that was the push. It's like, all right, here's your opportunity. You go out there and do this, or you you kill me. You gut me like a fish on national television, and then you gut him like a fish. Yeah. And then it was just like, at that point, he was kind of like, all right, I guess you can run this company. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I'm interested to see where it goes. And yeah, yeah. I know you're further along. But yeah, has that I'm, theory played out at all? No, no real spoilers here, but has, no. has it played out to the point where it's like, all right, maybe this was part of a plan. 
there is a lot of so I'll just say this. I won't say much about the third season. They're they're in six six episodes so far. I believe it's a nine or ten episode season. So they're getting very close to the end here. Um, it's very much there's a lot of echoes of season one and season two in terms of who's going to make a play, who's going to fall in what sword, who's going to fuck up, who's going to you know. Who's going to get the best lawyer? Who's going to who's going to make the play? Who's going to get who's going to um, get out ahead of the other person? You know who's going to have the evidence? Does somebody actually have evidence? Are the shareholders? One of the best uh, moments in season three is when they're talking to a shareholder played by uh, Adrian Brody, um, and they're just talking to him and be like, "So what's what's going on here? What's the what's the temperature? Let me take it. You know, they're always talking about taking the temperature of the room. Can we can we simmer it down? Can, can we get the heat going down? It's it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, palace intrigue. It's a lot of I guess we call office intrigue now, but uh, it's more it's it's more wrangling. It's more positioning. It's it's more of that. So it's not there isn't. So far, there isn't that one holy shit moment of season two. I mean, actually, no, I'll take that back. There is one holy shit moment. I think I might have texted you it. But um, in terms of Logan being um, dethroned, the, uh, there is no definitive answer so far. Or even yeah. sort of okay. stepping step back. That's what I was yeah. feeling. Yeah. I feel like you're not going to see a definitive answer for quite some time. I feel yeah. like the old man's going to have to have like a stroke and actually end up <laughs> dying or something before that actually happens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's like I said, great, yeah. great, great season finale, right? One of the best. Yeah. 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 You know, I'll tell you what, the biggest oh shit moment in that episode yeah. was when Tom just took Logan's chicken and he was like, thanks for the chicken, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Take my fucking chicken. I was like, whoa, shit, look at you, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The balls actually- on that man. And then Logan's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's cool for Tommy. I mean, Tom's kind of a prick. Yes. But at the same time, finally he's he's standing up for himself. Like yeah, like be, be, uh, like Shiv turning him into a, I don't know, basically a cuck and and just basically being a a punching bag for the whole congressional hearing they were going through. Yeah. Like you know, I mean he 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 does the same thing to other people, but hell maybe maybe he'll learn something from this uh, experience. Yeah, there's a moment. Greg uh, has some extreme savvy man. Like he's he's yeah. definitely grown up like real fast it seems like he he came in as a guy that was like uh smoking marijuana puking in a mascot suit to like <laughs> i don't know chilling on a yacht drinking rosé champagne you know like, yeah I, I don't know. He, and he's got like this ace in his his back pocket like the dude's really you know holding his own you figured he would have been eaten up by now but i don't know impressive hats off to him <laughs> Um, let's see. They were talking. So again, there's all this wrangling. There's all these, um, you know, possibilities of who's going to take the fall the next season as well. There's still, there's still that. There's still that sort of Damocles over the head of a lot of people in the family, in the Roy family. And Tom, right now, Tom is the number one suspect, and he's been talking about like, you know, going to prison and checking. He's like, he's like, I'm, I've been reading prison blogs. And I'm trying to learn how to make prison wine. And <laughs> how does the toilet work? How does that work? <laughs> I've heard people just wipe their ass with your pillowcase, and that doesn't sound fun. Tom is a John, Tom is a fucking madman in, in season three. He's fucking great. <laughs> Nice. So yeah, see, yeah, Succession, one of the best shows on TV. Uh, let me take a piss break, then we'll come back and I'll talk to you about Ted Lasso and the Great and some other things. I'll be right back in a minute. Bye bye. And we're back, Dion. You've been watching a couple things. You watched the French Dispatch. Unfortunately, 
We got dumped on yesterday with a bunch of snow. I wasn't able to make it to the showing yesterday, which I really wanted to. I'm highly looking forward to this because uh, Wes Anderson is I one of my- I was looking f- forward to your opinion on it. <laughs> Wes Anderson is one of my favorite directors working today. I rewatched um, Rushmore in anticipation of watching The French Dispatch. Rushmore was Wes Anderson's second feature film after uh, Bottle Rocket. Came out in 1999. Uh, still holds up. One of one a great movie. One of the best of 99. Again, 99 was a great year in movies. Rushmore was part of it. So, Dion, what did you think of Wes Anderson's newest film, The French Dispatch? The uh, movie was not for me. Uh, oh, okay. I had no expectation going into it. I hadn't even seen a preview of what to expect. And from Carrie's perspective, uh, who had seen some previews, uh, she was very unimpressed as well. Yeah. Simply because it was broken into almost, well, the idea is uh, the, the whole movie was basically parts of a journal. Um, and so it had like three or maybe four stories. Um, a star-studded cast, I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, there were like three or four stories in it. And so you, she had the idea that, you know, Timothy Chalamet was like a, a, a main fixture in this movie and while he was it was only for his story so that was her biggest disappointment there was that uh he wasn't in the whole damn thing right me i mean i appreciated the way it, it, they broke it down like that like short stories all pressed into one the the, the stories were there were a couple that were interesting the one that timothy chalamet was in uh that was good um who's the other guy um a bunch of people. I don't know who you're talking remember. about. can't <laughs> remember. Adrian Brody. We got uh, Benicio Del Toro. Uh, Benicio Del Toro? Yeah. Maybe. Jeffrey Wright? Yeah. He, the the story that he was in, where he was like this uh, prisoner artist kind of thing, that was that was a fun one. Okay. Um, I don't know. It, it was just, it, it was artsy. Uh, <laughs> it had like this kind of quick snap back and forth banter, which I was really into. Yes. Um, But it just, it, it just wasn't uh, the style of it wasn't enough to uh give me let me give it a passing grade it was it was definitely innovative uh creative but it it was too much for me it was lost on me but there was there were a a lot of people in there that were really feeling the movie so yes while i'll give it a a bad grade not only a bad grade average grade yeah um there's definitely people out there that thought it was pretty awesome so the uh a couple things um Wes Anderson's films have gotten more grand, more audacious throughout the years. Uh, like I said, Rushmore is a story about a kid in uh, primary school and in, in preparatory school, um, falls in love with his teacher, and Bill Murray's character also fall, falls in love with the same teacher. Uh, very small story, very intimate story. Um, second, in this next movie, The Royal Tenenbaums, is you know a family story about Tenenbaums and and. Just about them. Uh, the father was played by, um, oh my God, the guy from the great actors of all time, Mr. Gene Hackman, plays the father in that, uh, one of his last great roles. Uh, but again, it's a small, intimate family story. Then you move on to Darjeeling Limited, very, very small story, very small scale. Fantastic Mr. Fox, which you saw, 
um, sort of again small scale, small story. Moonrise Kingdom is a story about you know kids growing up in the '60s and '70s at a, at a camp. Um, sort of smallish story. And then you start, he blows up the story and the scope with the Grand Budapest Hotel, which I think if you watch this, if you watch Grand, Grand Budapest Hotel before this, I think it, it's like a primer. It's like a, you're lubing yourself up to experience uh, French Dispatch because <laughs> Grand Budapest Hotel was, I believe it was a story within a story, but you know, as my understanding is that the French Dispatch is a story within a story, within a story, within a story. Very, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like a Russian- Four part. Like a Russian, Russian, Russian nesting nesting doll. You've seen those uh, things where you put the small one into the big one, the big one to the bigger one, right? That that thing. You know what that you know that thing I'm talking about. I would say, except they were all equal size. Oh, okay. Like, <clears throat> yeah, because I mean, it was basically trying like a journal feature. So it's like each story had kind of like similar billing. Like nothing really stood out over the other one besides your 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 particular interest in in that in that one. It wasn't like one took a backseat to the other. They all had their equal footing. Yeah, um, and the the visual style of Wes Anderson is like no other. <laughs> it is just uh, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly. I'll admit that uh, Wes Anderson is what is because I mean he had he had like uh, cartoon illustrations in it. He had um, like these miniatures. Uh, yeah. Like uh, there's one part Owen Wilson. It was like advertising, almost uh, like an advertising section of, of of the journal, and he's just riding this. This bike, but the bikes—you could tell the bike's not actually moving. But he's got like the scenery going around, like you know, like old timey movies where the the people are in the car, but the scenery is moving uh, on like a screen behind them or something like that. Had that kind of a feel to it, except it, uh, visually it looked a lot better than that. But it, it was like you could tell props, 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 and it, yeah. it just had this kind of like cartoonish effect, but not really. I don't know. It was it was it was. I thought it was very interesting. But yeah. yeah, like I said, it wasn't for me, but yeah, yeah I, I, it was fun. Yeah. The Owen Wilson stuff was real fun. Yeah. Everything is centered in the frame, right? There's no off kilter, anything. There's no angles. There's no, everything is right. centered in the frame, which is major uh, style technique that he does a lot. He is what it's called an, an, an auteur uh, director. Auteur director is an artist, usually a film director who applies a highly centralized and subjective control to many aspects of a collaborative creative work. In other words, a person equivalent to an author of a novel or play. So he is just, he has his footprint over everything. Every second, every little nugget, every detail in the frame is highly, uh, you know, worked on by by Wes Anderson. There's nothing that he doesn't have his own touches into. So there's that. Yeah. Yep, very, very inventive. Yeah. So, I mean, basically just to sum all of that up, um, the general consensus for this is if you don't like a Wes Anderson film then this this wouldn't be for you yeah and while I, I just say that I don't like Wes Anderson I, I'm just not very uh experienced in Wes Anderson yeah. so this was probably a safe bet that I could have skipped this film <laughs> but I didn't and that's why while I, like I said wasn't my, my well, cup of tea at the same time it wasn't as bad as I I thought it was going to be from the way it started so remarkably average grade for me but you know even looking at reviews for it uh i see uh, like a 7.5 75% on rotten tomatoes so yeah i mean that's that's uh, that's accurate <laughs> okay that's accurate sure um <laughs> yeah i was going to say yeah you, this was like this was you diving into hard mode on Wes Anderson, <laughs> you know hard mode hard mode nice. it, is, it really is like if you don't like it at least 
you know, I would have recommended watching pretty much. I just played Dark Souls. You played Dark Souls, exactly. <laughs> I would have, I would have highly recommended watching at least, you know, the, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zazu is a fantastic version of that, but a lot easier to manage because again, all of the, basically every movie he made before Grand Budapest, Grand Budapest Hotel was one story. So it was a lot easier to, uh, to grasp. Um, Kate Bonchette was in that. Yeah. Um, Bill Murray. Bill Murray is like his muse. Basically, Bill Murray is the guy that Wes Anderson loves to work with right. all the time. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was only there because my wife wanted to see Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yeah. Because she has a crush on him. So, true, true, true. I mean, I just went, or it was a date night and we just went. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm that, I'm that kind of guy. Yeah. I love going to smaller theaters. Like, I love IMAX. I love experiencing big movies like that, like Dune. So, you guys basically saw like, <laughs> The biggest movie of the year and the smallest movie of the year with uh, going into that theater. How, how big? Right. Yeah. We had to we had to drive out of town to get yeah. to. Well, I mean, we drove out of town for both of them. But there was a difference where one, you're going to like Albany where it's like, all right, like a lot of people come here. It's IMAX. And so it's like a, it's like a feature thing. Yeah. And then this other one go to Great Barrington and it's a small theater. Yeah. And uh, they don't have those reclining seats that you so love. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> this, this was the first one that I've been in. Uh, where the, 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 when you walk into the theater, the aisle is right through the middle. Yeah. Right. Like they, I haven't been in a theater like that forever. Yeah. Like you actually had to like walk down the middle and then go to the left or right where your seats were. And you could actually lean against the wall. I haven't been in a theater where you can lean against the wall forever. <laughs> yeah. Usually they space you away from the wall yeah. these days. I love, it was definitely a throwback. I love big IMAX big bombastic movies but i also love that intimate small intimate experience you get at a theater like that as well if they had if i had a car i would go to uh was it albany or uh yeah this place in albany called spectrum eight very small very intimate theater they have i think like four or five movies playing right now that i really want to see for not just to see them for, just to see them but also for oscar stuff uh let me look up what's playing there right now Oh, uh, let's see. Let's see. They got House of Gucci. They got. Yeah, I mean, we should have known what we were getting into when we had to drive out of town. Know, yeah, forty-five minutes to get to a place that would have this movie because <laughs> the one right down the street was like, "No, nah, we're not doing that one." So, Belfast is a movie directed by Kenneth Branagh about his upbringing in nineteen sixties. Yep. Um, that one's uh, coming out. That one. Yep. Uh, let's see. Power of the Dog is a new one from the director of a bunch of stuff. The Piano. Forgot her name. Uh, French Dispatch is playing over there. Spencer is a new movie with um, Kristen Stewart playing Princess Diana. Heard that's very good. Uh, that's, oh yeah, yeah, I saw a preview for that too. Yeah, yeah, it looks very good. So there, there's a couple over there playing right now that I definitely would have like gone in the morning, stayed all day, saw like three or four movies. I did that a couple times. Very, very nice experience doing that. Uh, so as we wind down this podcast here, let me just say we're doing a two-parter. We'll be talking with Derek Duff tomorrow. So I'm going to probably put this up right after this, after this oh, wow. one. Yep, make it a two- Blast with an hour and a half of this one and then yeah, hour and a half with another one. Three-hour extravaganza. <laughs> extravaganza, exactly. Uh, let me see. Anything else you've watched, experienced, ate, listened to? Yeah, yeah so um, I... I- Finished the rewatch with Ted Lasso nice. with my wife. Yep. And uh, it was funny, like all of season two, you could see her, your, her uh, dis- dislike for uh, Nate growing. <laughs> and she's just like, oh my God, like he's so unbearable. Like, I'm like, it gets worse. She's like, it gets worse. I'm like, yeah, all my homies hate Nate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you, you, you think that like each one, like when he's like 
he storms off the it was basically it all came to a head in the last episode when he storms off the pitch even though like they did uh what his game plan was actually before that when he 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 yells at Ted you know she's she's like what a bitch I was like, yeah, I don't know. And then he like leaves after they they still did his strategy and ended up uh, tying the game and and being uh, deregulated, I suppose. They got promoted. That's the word I'm looking for. They got promoted <laughs> and they got deregulated. Yeah, yeah they got promoted. So uh, he ends up leaving, and then it's just like, she's like, why is he leaving? They won. And I was like, well, you know. And then it gets in there, and 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 I was like. Here you go. Here's here's the full heel turn. And he had the the believe sign tore up on on Lasso's desk. And she's like, <gasps> she had like an audible gasp. And I was like, I know, right? <laughs> like, how are you going to do that to my believe sign? How? And then when he did the final turnaround, when he was like uh, the new coach of the other team, I was like, it, it was like, uh, I don't know, Vader coming out of the, being brought up from the the, the the mist and the fog when he's just like no you know that kind of thing yeah like that is like <laughs> vader getting his helmet put on that's that's what it looked like when nate turned around all gray and shit and she's just like that motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, did you great great rewatch yeah. loved it the second time around she loved yep. it too nice so we're gonna stay together um <laughs> that's awesome nice uh, and then uh i did I watch mention- i watched the great we, we started oh, watching the great okay. uh you remember me talking about first season of that yes yep yeah so uh that season two is out and uh it's i don't know if maybe because i've watched ted lasso and i i felt like i felt all these emotions and now i'm trying to watch like get into another like uh tv show i felt like i do feel like season one was funnier um season two doesn't have the same pizzazz to it right now like i'm i don't know maybe four episodes in and like the whole, all four of them is basically her trying to, to cope with loss. And it's, it's like a comedy uh, based off occasionally true events. And while I feel like uh, season one was funnier um, and season two is more like emotional, it's just I'm not, I'm not connected. Like I, I, I know what true connection is by watching Ted Lasso and, and, and loving all those characters. This one, it's kind of like, eh, like, I don't know. I, I can't. I'm already emotionally spent, and honestly, I, I never really uh, appreciated the relationship you had with this person in the season one. So for for you to be going through all this, while I sympathize, I, I'm just I'm just not there, you know. So, <laughs> so it's like me and me and my wife are watching it, and we're not even like, you know, there's not even like a chuckle once in a while. Well, maybe once in a while from the from the drunk uh, head of, head of guard. It's just like there's this one part. Where this dude, they're going over. So they they do. I don't know, I'm gonna spoil that for you if you end up watching yep. it. But anyways, he's he's talking. He's just like, I think we should just uh go 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 out there and uh put a hole in his head, you know. And he's just like, why is your first response always violence? And it basically said something along the lines of like, uh, fuck around and find out. And I, <laughs> I had that was the only time I've actually laughed this entire season which is pretty upsetting because i laughed a lot more in season one so i I hope it picks up um she seems like she's finally coming to terms with everything and uh i I hope the humor comes next so fingers crossed bud um nice uh l fanning right isn't that she plays the catherine catherine degree is that what she is yeah uh nice 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 booty on that and then uh the the guy that plays (laughs) uh beast from x-men um 
Days of Future Past. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's Nicholas. Nicholas, yep. Uh, Al Fanny got a got a dump truck. Got got that bump, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even more so now because she's pregnant in the show. Oh, okay. So. All right. Just yep. just curious. <laughs> I saw some things on some places on the internet where I saw some things and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Where, where where specifically so I can avoid them? Huh? Oh the the okay yes yeah yeah. Uh, going back real quick. Ew, gross. <laughs> going back real quick to to the Nate stuff on on uh, Ted Lasso. Uh, they were talking about you know his problem, Nate's problem with Ted. Like what he was basically not getting credit right for his. He was he was getting credit for he wasn't getting credit when they won and he was getting blamed for when they lose. Right, that was his whole thing. He was making shit up. That's that was his thing. He he was thinking that that was what was right. happening. What well, basically was happening. He, he felt like he was because Ted like hyped him up like in the beginning. Like he made him feel like he was somebody, and then he, he's saying that he just dropped him. But really, it's just like you know Ted has to coach a team, and he, while Ted's like a great guy and tries to do, do everything in this season particularly, I think what what Nate was getting at was that. He dropped him, but what was happening was Ted was dealing with his own shit. He had the the panic attacks, and he was trying to yeah. unravel his life. Right. And 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 Nate was just like, "Well, well, no one's paying attention to me now." And then you had Roy come on too, and he you could tell yeah. in the episode where Roy came, so, in, it was just like, "Really, another one?" Yeah. So, so that he was just yeah that yeah he was, he was just a kid that was like, "Oh yeah," you gave him a pat on the back, and it was just all that fame yeah, went to his head, so, and and then. The reason I, yeah, the, the reason the wonder I bring, key, you know? yeah the reason I brought that up was because it reminded me in this week's Wheel of Time uh, in the books they have people of the leaf and they're they're basically the pacifists they're like the Morgan from Walking Dead they don't they won't fight back against anything that against anything that attacks them <clears throat> and one of the characters uh, talks to them about that like what's your philosophy and he's like yeah I pacifist I don't we don't as a group of the people we don't attack other people and it's just like well what do you what are you fighting for? What do you, you know, if you're going to die, then that's it. Your family's wiped out. I'm like, well, no, it's not about us. You know, it's never about us. We're not, we're not here at the service of ourselves. We're here to, for a greater purpose. You know, if I'm not making stuff, I'm not cooking dinner. I'm not making clothes for me or my children. It's like for future generations. And it's like Nate just wants, um, the, the glory and the accolades now, right? He wants the praise now. He wants the credit now for the things he's doing. And just for some reason, that reminded me of, of the people with the least philosophy, which is basically nothing's about you. It's not even about your family. It's not about what you're doing here now because we're all going to be forgotten in the, in the very near future. Whatever we do now is very, you know, very much forgotten. So it's what you do in life isn't about you. It's not about right now. It's about, you know, <laughs> the going on into the future of future generations will will be affected by the things you do and it's not you, you can't think about things or your actions as just being now in the in the in the moment right now you can't think of it as just as i want to have the praise and i want to have the um reward now you know what i mean if that makes any sense yeah yeah he 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 wanted he wanted it all all the time yes exactly like, he just like, yeah that's something you know. Uh, yeah, go, but I can understand what you're saying about the 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 people who leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I had one more thing to talk about. Where did I put it? Oh, I've been uh, for some reason I went down a Smashing Pumpkins hole recently. The YouTube algorithm, wow. YouTube algorithm, feed me up a bunch of that stuff, and they, I must have watched something about grunge, and I was like, God damn, Smashing Pumpkins, fucking great! Like 
They were, they were, <laughs> I'm not sure what that was. Uh, was that a uh, Tonight Tonight? Well, that was that was Smashing Pumpkins, wasn't do, it? Do it again. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, flashbacks to the Name That Tune segment that we used to do. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even. I don't oh, know. Yeah, words, 1979. But... Yes. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There <laughs> you go. If you listen to Smashing Pumpkins albums and the Smashing, Pump- Smashing Pumpkins live, very, very different. Like the album tonight. If you listen to t- Tonight Tonight on the album, it's got this like orchestral sound, background sound to it. It's got this fullness to it. And uh, he plays Tonight Tonight live with just either just himself or his bandmates just on acoustic guitar. So so a lot of that stuff, 1979, a lot of the hits you think of and listen to on the album sound very, very different live. It's a, very, it's a pretty, uh, you call it, jarring experience watching that stuff versus what you're expecting. Um, and also, I think Billy Corgan is a very underrated guitarist. I think he does a lot of the arrangements on the album and he's a motherfucker on the guitar, like doing... Um, Watching him play live is, is pretty fucking cool. Um, early stuff even, but even I think they came back in like the 2007. Um, 99, I think, was their last, I don't want to say good album, but yeah, kind of was their last good album. Uh, he's put, a, put out a bunch of stuff since then, but um, I think uh, their bassist, Darcy, quit like in 99. Um, they've had replacements since, but yeah, just go back and watch some of that stuff from the early, early to mid-90s. He was just fucking shredding on the guitar, Really, one of the most distinctive voices in rock. Um, yeah, especially Magic Pumpkins. They were, they were a thing, <laughs> apparently. Very nice. Very, yes, very nice indeed. So I think that'll do it for part one. I might do. I might put this, put this out on its own, or do tomorrow's uh, uh, thing tomorrow with it by itself, or something Jesus. like that. Thought there was something else. I mean, books ran pretty long. You might want to split this into two parts. <laughs> yeah, I'm at, I think mine is at 144 right now, but I think we had like a long, long prologue, long lead up before the recording. Yep, pee break. I think the next time you hear us, I might have listened to the last, um, last uh, expanse book is coming out the 30th. So next time you hear us, hear us on these microphones, I will be t- discussing that. Uh, I might go see French Dispatch at some point believe that's about it so anything else on your side i want you to go back yeah. to this episode and edit in narrator he did not <laughs> if you don't end up doing it yeah exactly exactly uh let's see let's make sure because i had a bunch of things here best of the year episode you covered everything best of the episode best best blah, blah, best of episodes coming friday january 7th so look forward to that so with that i have a damien i'm a dude See you next week. Bye-bye.